This is the Ad Hero Podcast, the podcast that reveals marketing tips, trends, and techniques by industry experts, insiders, and influencers. For years, AdSymbol has helped businesses develop and launch campaigns to amplify their message, establish authority, and earn their lion's share of the market. This podcast will help you design and supercharge your plan to make an impact with valuable lessons you can apply in your business today. To get more information or start now, visit adsymbol.com. That's A-D-S-E-M-B-L-E.com. Let's get started. Welcome to the Ad Hero Podcast. happening every Friday here on AdSymbol.com. My name is Gian Giovanni. And I'm Matthew Olivieri. We are your personal ad heroes back for another episode. What do we got on tap this week, my distinguished colleague? Today we will be, or this week we'll be talking about political advertising strategies. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Yes. Yeah, tis the season, tis the election year, tis the election season. And there are a lot of uh, seats up for grab in the... Uh, Congress and in the Senate, and of course, the big one, the Mac Daddy of them all, the presidency of the United States. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, good. You know the thing. <laughs> so, we're really excited this week to bring this particular episode because it's timely. And uh, we hope if you're listening out there and you're interested in running for political office, that this episode will just supercharge. Uh, your efforts in what works and what doesn't work. So we got a lot to get into, but before we jump into that, Gina, what do we got lined up in the A block? Okay, so we got some interesting things this week. Uh, actually, this is a report from last week. Apple and Google uh, boot out Fortnite on their app stores, believe it or not. Wow. The, the, the popular game Fortnite. You know that game, right? Uh, I've played that <laughs> game many times on my Twitch channel. Mm-hmm. MJO snaps. That's Find right. me out there. You can watch me play video games. Um, why did they boot Fortnite? That's a big deal. Fortnite is one of the biggest, hottest games right now in online gaming. Why did they do that? To wrap it all up, uh, Epic Games decided to uh, the creators of Fortnite, the Epic creators of, of Fortnite, decided to uh, go against the terms of an agreement and add on a twenty percent fee in order to capitalize on. Uh, more money because they felt that Apple and Google were taking more on the top than they wanted. I see. Okay, I got it. Yeah, so a big thing inside Fortnite for anyone who doesn't play the game or really know what's going on, but you've maybe heard it, that word dropped on social media or, you know, hey, some of our older listeners, maybe your kids play Fortnite. The big thing within Fortnite is you can buy virtual currency known as V-Bucks. So you basically go online and use your credit card and you can buy for like $100 cash you can get like a thousand V bucks, and you can use these virtual dollars in the game to buy different outfits for your player, different guns, different things. Okay, so it's a big deal, and it's totally the way that they're making just millions of dollars off this. So what you're saying is, uh, Apple and Google had a, an agreement in place; they could only charge a certain amount for the conversion Correct. of these products in their game. And they they tacked on an additional twenty percent on top of that. Correct, now, correct. Like Epic Games did to make more money. Correct. Okay, well, the, you know, if that's a clear violation of the TOS of uh, Apple and Google, I mean, you can't really blame them. I would only question how much money Apple and Google are going to lose as a result of that move, because all the millions of players around the world playing Fortnite doing these transactions. 
Don't you think that they would lose uh, some money here? What's, and, what's the next uh, nugget here that you got? Well, according to B- Business Insider, and by the way, the first uh, article came from uh, TechCrunch. The uh, Fortnite uh, has installed 133 million times, and it's set to, looks like, possibly lose $1.2 billion in spending worldwide. Wow. Wow. Big news there. Big news there. Well, you know what? I guess we'll have to wait and see if that was a smart move. I'm sure they had a room full of financial wizards with abacuses in hand, and they ran the numbers, and they probably predicted, okay, if we get kicked out of the Apple Store and Google Play, this is the result, but we can make up more money by charging the 20%. That's what I would venture to guess. We'll have mm. to wait and see. That's right. What else do we got in A Block? Okay, this, this week we're going to do a thing called Movie News Quick Highlights. And well, I like uh, the sound of that. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like three things I, I found that were like, and actually you found too, that were uh, stood out. So like AMC, AMC Theaters, we've been talking about that for a few weeks. Uh, they plan on opening up uh, real soon on the 20th of August, at least 300 locations with only having tickets at 15 cents dating back to their opening in 1920. That is so remarkable that I have a sound effect for it somewhere in here what? <laughs> <laughs> i gotta get quicker at getting these sound facts. i got so many of them to play with okay and so why are they going to 15 cents a ticket Did well I hear that right 15 15 cents, cents. Okay. yeah now i think it's only on opening day uh you know they're just trying to get people back into the movie theaters there's a ton of people who want to go back into movie theaters they are down to go back into the movie theaters and they just want to i guess make sure that people are coming in so that's really the, the, the biggest thing. They okay. have all the social distancing and wiping of hands and got to wear a mask throughout the entire play time uh, other than when you're eating popcorn or having a drink. Um, you know, that's, that's just a, a gimmick to get people in, basically. Right. Good but, marketing. Uh, yeah, yeah, the 15 cents is brilliant. I hope it's more than just one day because that would be pretty tragic. I mean, you, you're already cutting down the number of people that can come in each show anyways. Right. You're reducing the number of seats because of social distancing. So you figure, you know, only a handful of people are going to get to, you know, have that wow experience of paying 15 cents to get into a show. Yeah. Um, but then you can still turn around and pay $25 for popcorn. So don't feel too bad. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to that. I've been, I've been really itching to get out to the movies and there's some specific movies that I'm looking forward to. And you're definitely looking for some trailers. And I've been looking for some trailers. Everyone on the show knows I've been looking for some trailers. You know which trailers I've been looking for. That's right. But what are some of the big movies and some of the big things coming out soon connected with this announcement? So uh, Mandalorian, which is not uh, in a movie theater, but right. their trailer is going to be coming out soon. All right, Disney Plus. That's right. Uh, actually, real quick, and Disney Plus, Mulan is was scheduled to go out in the movie theaters, but now that's going to come out on Disney Plus on an exclusive twenty nine bucks. Is that the Disney live Plus. action? Live Mulan? action. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Just real quick note, uh, Dune. If you're familiar with Dune from the early eighties, uh, that is going to be remade, and the trailer's going to drop really soon. Uh, and then on top of it all, Spider-Man 3 uh, will be in, put back into production. And the title right now is rumored to be Homesick. Hmm. Okay. Uh, is. And I don't see a Venom trailer anytime soon. Yeah, no, I know. They're, they're, just, they're just destroying me with that news. But Spider-Man 3 expected to have uh, uh, Tom Holland reprise the role, all that good stuff. Okay, that's all I care about because I love Tom Holland in that role. He's amazing. 
Um, really enjoyed the Spider-Man films. With oh, him yeah, love it. In that love role. It. And uh, you found something. I did find something. So uh, we touched upon this in recent episodes. HBO Max, it's been out now for a minute. Uh, it's gaining lots of subscribers. It's it's kind of picking up where Disney... It's taking ideas from Disney+. Plus. It's taking ideas from other stuff. Um, and, and so it's gaining some good traction. But the interesting thing is HBO, before HBO Max came out, they actually had their service split. Uh, if you have a TV that's app-connected, app-enabled, you noticed, um, as an example, on Amazon and on Apple TV, you would notice that you had access to or you could access something called hbo go and then something separate called hbo max uh hbo now hbo now so sorry yeah, thank yeah. you hbo max so conf- no it, it was a confusing time it was they... all confusing right yeah. so much brand like so much like which one am i supposed to click on i don't know right and even their what they discovered was even their own listening uh watching viewers didn't even know which one to click on right right and so anyways, HBO uh, made the decision to permanently shut down HBO Go. Mm. And uh, the other one's going to be closing down, too, as well, I think. Well, right? I, would, I haven't heard about those apps in a while. The only one I know that's con- that could most likely be connected to HBO Max will be the DC Universe. Okay. So the interesting thing is what I discovered last weekend, because I have an app-connected TV, I don't subscribe to regular cable i only watch internet connected tv was hbo go is not or hbo max excuse me is not available on amazon yet but it's surprised but it is available on apple tv Mm. now that's a big deal because i my my big tv in my house is connected to amazon Right. I do also have Apple TV connected, but I have to switch back and forth if I want to watch Apple TV. I love Apple TV. <laughs> Apple TV is not bad, but yeah. I just feel in general with Prime, Amazon Prime and all the stuff you have. For me, I just feel like there's more access to more shows and more apps and more things that I like on Amazon. Uh, um, so on my Fire TV. Which is interesting because I know Amazon has HBO connections in there. I know. I know. Huh. They have HBO now. So wow. Amazon still has HBO now, but they don't have HBO Max. I thought that was very weird. But I do have HBO Max on my Apple TV. So long story short, it's still very much a cluster you-know-what. <laughs> and I think it's going to take HBO a little bit more time here to kind of sort all this out. What? But I did really enjoy the HBO Max experience when I kicked over to my Apple TV and <laughs> I launched the app. Very easy to search. Wow. It's got all the DC programming in there. Mm. It's got all the movies, tons of shows. I was I was watching um, the NFL Hard Knocks episode the other night. <laughs> really, really, really enjoy the layout and the design and the user experience of HBO Max. So props on that. But yeah. just a uh, question to Jeff Bezos. What the hell, man? Well, they're not the only ones, too. Uh, that's happening with the new Peacock app by NBC as well. They're not on, uh, I believe, Firestick and uh, Roku, which I found out Roku is the biggest supplier of TV apps. Fascinating. So yeah. only available on Apple TV? Right. Interesting. Apple right. TV getting making some moves. Yeah. Okay, what do we got to wrap things up in the B Block? And to wrap things up the B Block, you all know about this. This happened last week. Huge, huge, huge news. Cardi B uh, back in the mix of things with uh, Megan the. St- 
Dalian, I guess, uh, with their new song called WAP. But the big news on that is is that a hundred grand on production was spent f- to help the corona or to help everybody on set get tested for coronavirus. So this is really shocking because if this starts becoming a new line item that everyone's going to have to budget into the production of movies and music videos. Heck, UFC did it. Uh, they built their own island for fights. I mean, wow. you're just talking about crazy amounts of money that is going to start flowing towards industries and companies who specialize in gloves and thermometers and temperature takers and (laughs) sanitizing. I mean, it is already kind of obvious anyways because of the way this year has turned into, but a hundred grand for one music video shoot on all that kind of stuff. You can only imagine uh, if you're looking for, you know, a a company or an industry to get into uh, PPE products, stuff like that uh, could be your calling because there's just going to be a ton of money um, ushered into those spaces. So pretty fascinating news. Okay, my man. Let's uh, let's keep let's keep it moving into the meat and potatoes of the show here. We're gonna switch gears, and we're gonna dive into this whole idea of political advertising strategy. So, um, you know, here at the Ad Hero Podcast, we love to hear from all sides of the table, all parties. Uh, we are you know neutral from that perspective of you know it's great the fact that our country has uh, right right-wing conservatism and left-wing liberalism and liberals and i think it's excellent that you know these groups can kind of come together and they can banter and they can debate and they can go at each other i think it's what makes our country so incredible Hmm. okay and so if you're listening right now it doesn't matter if you're going for a seat in the uh congress or in the senate or maybe in your own local community just as a council member And then, hey, all the way at the very top, President of the United States, anything in between, these strategies that we're about to get into can help you out. And the first, the biggest one that's getting the most news attention right now is the social media advertising aspect. So, Gino, what what are some uh, talking points here that you've been able to find if someone's listening and they're thinking about putting some of their campaign dollars into – online advertising we're talking facebook and google what do you got well for one uh actually one thing i didn't list here but i learned today is that whether if you're a small business uh facebook is a great place to start for your advertising as well as a tiktok for uh, as long as it's around um but also uh this was i found very interesting though if you're going to be on facebook and you're going to be reporting news then you have to be a legitimate news organization and not just claim that you're news but you're really representing a uh, political group or outfit because now because uh, all the tech companies that went to washington dc a few weeks ago and were in a hearing uh, the government is has cracked down on them, and now Facebook is like, okay, well, we are going to restrict uh, groups who are claiming that they're news outlets, but really not. So if you're not like an ABC, Fox, uh, Breitbart, whatever you you are, um, then or Media Matters, then you are not going to be labeled in the Facebook's news tab. You'll still be on Facebook, but they don't want it where you won't be in the like algorithm and kind of like conflict people with propaganda. 
I think that's fine. So, okay, so that's good. Yeah, they're helping to you know, ideally separate fake news from real news. Correct. In theory. In, in theory. theory. Uh, you know, I applaud them for taking a chance. Let's, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. How can someone listening right now, if they're trying to run for their local Congress seat or a council member or Senate or something like that, how does that information apply to them with their political ads? Well, what, the they, what they should do is connect it to all their other marketing. So like, for example, billboard advertising, or they can connect it through uh, town halls, uh, something that's more personable okay. that you can actually reach the, your community and go out to. Well, if I'm running for office um, and I want to put some of my, my, my budget into Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we're just talking just Facebook just ads. Just Facebook right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, is it still easy for me to label my ad campaign as a political campaign. Oh, yeah. Flag That's it as easy. that. Yeah. And is it still going to show up to the people up. I want it to show Absolutely. up to? Absolutely. So Facebook yeah. just wants I'm you sure. to take that added <laughs> step of making sure you define that you're running for office and that you're running from a, uh, you know, a registered uh, federal election committee. You Correct. have an FEC number, right. all that stuff. Yeah, you're on yeah. the up and up. If you're a PAC, if you're a politician, what have you, that's still all fine. They just don't want a outfit coming in claiming that they're in a news organization when they're really like a pack. Okay. I think that's going to be helpful then. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say your online advertising on Google and Facebook is still going to be a very powerful way to reach your constituents. Correct. Okay. Let's move on to, um, let's move on to a couple of other uh, things here. So, you know, in our in our research of trying to figure out what would be a great message to give everyone, all of our listeners today on this particular episode, what we wanted to break down were three things that just work. And we just talked about one of them. So um, and then three things that don't work, that we yeah. don't feel really kind of hit um, our effective use of your time or your campaign dollars. Correct. All right. So already, you know, kind of the uh, obvious elephant in the room is the Facebook, Google ads. So that one just is it's like its own standalone thing, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're running for office, you got to capitalize on having um, a fan page and a group, people that want to support you, because that's a free, easy channel to get the word out. But let's talk about three things here that work. And the first one that we came up with was virtual town halls, mm-hmm. virtual town halls using something like a Zoom or a Google video chat are the number one greatest way to get a hold of people in 2020, especially given the pandemic. And there's a hidden benefit that ties back into social with a virtual town hall. What is that hidden benefit? <laughs> the content. <laughs> Got to edit that one out. Uh, yeah, the, the the content of what you provide in order to, to get everyone involved and come to your town right. hall. Right. So if you're recording a 30-minute town hall, there could be some great questions that come up from the audience, and you have a great personal answer. Your campaign person can take a snippet of that five-second clip That's and right. turn it into a content piece that you can drip out on your feed later on down the road. Right. So you not. So that's kind of like double dipping. You're doing a virtual town hall. Mm -hmm. You're making yourself accessible to your local community people. You're trying to get to vote for you. 
And then in that 30-minute town hall, you might end up with 200 pieces of micro content that you can drip out for the next 60 days. That's true. All right? Yeah. So that's what we call a double dip. That is a huge, massive score. And it's so easy. You could set it up from your home with Zoom or you know um, Google, and then you just put the link out there to your email list. You get everyone to log in at a Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. You look professional. And you just start inviting the audience to start feeding you questions, and it becomes a content gold mine. The second thing we came up with that we, this is like some old school stuff, but it still surprisingly is very effective. Oh, yeah. And it is recruiting volunteers in your local community to knock on doors and put signs in the ground. And, Gina, why do you say or why do you think that that is still an effective, even though it's been around for probably over 100 years, why is it still effective in 2020? Well, I've seen it effective in the last uh, two major elections and where it is that connection, that handshake, that eye to eye. Um, hey, I'm representing this person. Uh, this is what we believe in. Do we have your vote? I like it. I like it. Plus, you get another added benefit of all the cars driving by and seeing those signs stuck in the ground that either say, you know, uh, I'm, you know, whatever, I'm with Joe Biden or Trump, MAGA 2020. As you know, those signs in the ground all over the place keep people driving by, see them, so there's exposure there. And then, you, like you just said, you get the close one-on-one uh, -on -one interaction with someone in the community. You get a chance to engage with some dialogue. So get, get your volunteers lined up and knocking on those doors. Please social distance, you know, so maybe not a handshake, but maybe like a little air high five or something like that. And one more thing too, uh -oh, go for it. Don't take the sign. If you don't like the political candidate at the person's house, don't take their sign off. And I wouldn't even touch it anyway, because I've seen a video where one person had their sign connected to some, uh, uh, wires and the person got electrocuted. They didn't die, but they was. Well, there you go. See, don't mess with <laughs> yeah, other people's signs. Karma. So that's number two. That still works. Number three, okay. Number three is going to be billboard advertising. Absolutely. Now, again, the Ad Hero Podcast for full disclosure is financially backed by AdSymbol.com. We are a billboard uh, website where you can book a billboard online through OpenDisplay.com. So this one is biased to us, obviously, but the truth of the matter is in the last two elections, our website has seen a massive uptick in political candidates across the country logging into OpenDisplay.com and launching digital billboard ads to tell the community that they are running for office. And you think in 2020, given the pandemic, people are still now starting to get back on the roads. They are still traveling from point A to point B. And it's an easy way that you can sit at home, you can create an image on uh, Photoshop or whatever, or one of your campaign associates can do that for you. And you can put your name out there, huge, massive in lights to hundreds of thousands of people at pennies on the dollar. And that's why we added it to this list of what works. Because in the old days, you had to buy a billboard for four weeks at a time. And it, they were only the stacked kind, and you had to pay for printing, production, install. There's all this lead time to it and messy contracts. It was just a nightmare. So it was very prohibitive for someone running for a local community council member seat or a Congress seat or a state Senate seat. It was really only going to be accessible to the presidency or maybe a, a, you know, a, a senator or something like that big time, right? But now with the digital billboards – 
even for $20 a day, you can put your face out there to hundreds of thousands of people who might vote for you. Okay. Hmm. Gina, what do you have to add about what you've seen being here in the company with political people utilizing the billboards? Well, for one, uh, when I have seen it, it's uh, kind of a fight to get uh, the space because you can have one person who's running for office and they are on one billboard and then the opponent sees that billboard and also wants, if it's digital, also wants to be on the same loop going through the uh, digital. So that's pretty, it's kind of funny behind the scenes. It's great. Yeah. It's great. I love that competition, but it's effective. It I mean, effective. people see it. Yeah. People see it. And it's a great way to compliment your online advertising with that you're rocking with Facebook and Google. It'll actually even lower your online advertising cost. Because the more people who Absolutely. know about you, when they search you out, your cost per clicks will go down. Right. You know, and we've seen that time and again. And it'll complement your virtual town halls and your boots on the ground, people knocking on doors. Correct. All right. So there's your three key things that work. Now let's pivot and talk about three things that don't work. Again, these are this is from our own personal opinion as well as research and thought and discussion. In 2020, if you're doing these three things, you might as well just chalk up an L for a loss because <laughs> you're not going to get elected if you do these three things. The first thing, over text messaging. Uh, this is a doozy. This is definitely a modern day thing. Okay. People love getting text messages. Okay. But just like in all things in life, people love getting moderation in all things. Right? Right. right. So if you get a list of phone numbers of people in your community most likely it's going to be their cell phones and most likely they can accept text messages just because you have that power to text message doesn't mean you should blow up someone's phone every five seconds and both sides are doing it by the way right now right right it's because they don't understand how annoying that becomes and multiple times throughout the day and that's even more annoying i'll tell you right now if you text message me if you're a political person from the right or the left i don't care who you are you start text text messaging me three four five times a day i'm blocking your number I'm blocking your number, and then you're never going to get to get through to me anyways ever again. Plus, I'm going to be very turned off by your efforts, and I'm really not going to feel positive about wanting to vote for you. Okay? That's just me personally. You feel the same way? Oh, absolutely. That's, okay. why, that's why I'm mentioning it. All right. Okay. So please, for the love of God, just because you get a list of phone numbers, do not start mass text messaging three, four, five times a day. Once, maybe a week, mm -hmm. every other week, no problem. I'll see it. I'm definitely going to see it, and it'll kind of pique my interest. I might click the link. I might figure out a little bit more about you if I'm interested, but that's it. Okay, number two, automated phone call dialing systems. If you bought one of these, as fast as humanly possible, get your money back. Send it back, or like that famous scene in Office Space, take it out to a field with some baseball oh, yeah. bats and start <laughs> beating the crap out of it. These are the most annoying things ever. For those of you who don't know, uh, it, I don't know how you don't know about this, but if you don't know about it, you can rig these things up to just go down a list of phone numbers and dial people and tell them to vote for you. We live in California. That's where this podcast is being recorded right now. And when Arnold Schwarzenegger was the governor of California, we would get my parents' house. We get these phone calls regularly. And as soon as they pick up the phone, hey, this is the governor. I really want your vote. I'm counting on your vote. And in one aspect it's kind of nice because oh i could say that i've been on the phone with arnold schwarzenegger well you think you were but you were actually on the phone with a pre-recorded message which kind of you know makes it like more corny 
But the worst thing is he would do it like, like again, kind of the same idea with the text messaging, four or five times a week. My parents' house would get these phone calls. And it was terrible, terrible experience, right? Just totally turned you off to wanting to vote for Governor Schwarzenegger at that time. Okay? So it's an old school tactic. It's like back in the day when there was very limited ways to get a hold of people, someone thought of this idea. But in 2020, you have all these other incredible ways that you can get a hold of someone. Don't make the mistake of doing that. And the last thing on the list of what doesn't work in 2020 oversaturated email blast yes okay so if you hear the theme of these three things what we're talking about is overkill 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 nothing is also more annoying than getting five six seven email blasts from your campaign in a given day or week right okay one email blast a week is sufficient as you get closer and closer to the election no problem. You can maybe ratchet that up to two or three emails a week as we get right on top of the election. Okay. But if you're starting to send out four, five, six email blasts a week right now in the month of July slash August slash September, you're killing yourself because it's going to go to my spam box or I'm going to unsubscribe, which is even worse because if I unsubscribe, then you never get to keep reaching out to me. You won't. Yeah, I'm permanently off your list. So, Gino, do you have any other final thoughts on the oversaturated email blast thing? Are you Not, annoyed by that or do you agree with I am. I am annoyed by that. But you know what, though? Sometimes the emails are kind of nice. Like they're kind of like, oh, that's the interesting way to put things. But the text message is for sure done with. Just, just again, moderation and all Moderation. Things. Okay. So that was a lot to digest. We encourage you to go back and listen to this episode again and break it down, write it down. But in summary... In summary, are three things that work. Virtual town halls where you get the social media content spinoff. Boots on the ground, putting signs in the ground, knocking on doors, and digital billboard advertising from opendisplay.com. Correct. Uh, There's even – I even heard of a a committee right now. There's a group – I think it's Land of the Free Committee or something like that. And they're doing a GoFundMe fundraiser to raise – uh, money to do a digital billboard campaign. This is what we're talking about. Hmm. So that's fantastic. That, that works. Fantastic. That works in 2020. Three things that don't work. Over text messaging your people. Automated phone calls and too many email blasts. Absolutely. Just get all that off your plate. <laughs> so we hope those strategies were helpful uh, for your political aspirations Gino, you got any fun, other final thoughts before you bring us home? Uh, no, not not really. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a lot to digest and uh, keep your mark. I guess you know what? Just just keep your marketing open. Just just have an open mind on 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 what works and what doesn't work, and go through on that strategy, just like you would in normal business. All right, brother. Well, that was a great episode. Where can the listening audience learn more uh, and find us on the web? Find us online uh, through social media. Uh, at ad symbol. Uh, I know yourself at, at Matthew Olivieri. The Olivieri, that's right. And then myself at GG Ad Hero. Plus, of course, you can also find us on the web, um, adsymbol.com. Just drop us some comments. Let us know if you agree with the three do's and don'ts. Let us know if you're running for office, where, what part of the country you're running from. We would love to give you a shout out and good luck with your race. Heck, you can even put in the comments below uh, where you're running and... Uh, what you're running for. There you go. Good luck with your race. We, we hope you take these strategies to heart. 
So thank you for uh, joining us here on the Ad Sim or the Ad Hero Podcast. We are having every Friday right here on AdSymbol.com. Catch us on all podcast platforms, all the major podcast platforms, and we will see or hear you next week. Bye-bye. We're out. Want to advertise big and build massive brand authority at the same time? It's easier than you think. Open Display by AdSymbol lets you advertise on digital billboards nationwide. Just go to OpenDisplay.com for a free account to get started.